You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So today's episode is a fun one. I mean, aren't they all fun ones? I think so. Anyway, but today's episode is diving into an area where, truthfully, I don't have a lot of expertise. And, you know, I know a lot about a lot of stuff, but not really so much about this one. So I have brought on an expert, like always, and we're going to learn about the top five things you need to know to hit your best shot when it comes to local anesthesia. So I brought on the guest, Tina Clark, RDH, MED, to give us kind of the scoop. Tina, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Amanda. I'm excited to be here. I'm just, you know, I can talk on and on and on about anesthesia. So you all probably have to tell me, all right, keep it short and sweet here. (laughs) It is only a 15 to 20 minute podcast. So we do have to keep it. We do have to keep it down. That's for sure. But Tina, tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of your journey. So uh, my na- you said my name is Tina and I've been a dental hygienist for 20 years and a dental hygiene educator for 14. And during that time and when doing all the education, anesthesia became a passion of mine and I became the go-to person with it, with my students and with the area for all things anesthesia. They're like, oh, we have a question. How can we help, you know, do this injection better. And that expanded on and on, uh, providing continuing education courses to individuals. And then I ended up launching an online continuing education program through teachertinardh.com and have anesthesia series courses and head neck anatomy courses for dental professionals. So it's exciting. That's super cool. I love that. That's a neat way to bring sort of your expertise and your passion and be able to reach it out to more people. I think COVID helped us with that, get a little more comfortable with the Zoom land. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Amanda, I have to say, while I was saying all all that stuff, I can feel like I am lisping a little bit. So please forgive me. I am in my aligners right now. I am just a little uh, over a week into wearing my aligners and still trying to get used to talking with them in and taking them in and out of my mouth and not losing them and all that kind of stuff. Oh my goodness. Have you heard of the Smiler Saver retainer case? It It's a magnetic case and it hooks to the back of your phone and you can put your aligners in it. And that way you always have your case with you to put your aligners away when you need to like eat or drink or whatever. And you don't lose your aligners. They don't get gross and yucky. And it's because you always have your phone with you. It's called Smiler Saver. Shut the front door. Are you serious? Yeah. Check okay. It out. I- I got to get that. Yep. Smile, you said Smiler Saver? Smilersaver.com. And, and I think you okay. can use Amanda Hill RDH and get free shipping. Oh, well, you know, who doesn't want free shipping? Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. I think I'm all writing shipping it down should be free. Right now. Perfect. Got it. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's launch into your top five. What are the top five things you need to know to hit your best shot? By the way, I'm digging your title because I am all Thank about the you. titles. Well, you know, um, that was inspired because I was doing something and that song came on and I was like, that's right. With your best shot. Exactly. Okay. I won't sing it. And you know, 
Well, and you know, you, you kind of have to pump yourself up a little bit. You know, so many times hygienists get a little anxious about giving an injection. So it's a great pump up song, right? To get you going. So while you're setting your syringe up, you can sing that song to yourself. You definitely have to be like ready and in the zone when you're, you know, getting ready to be with a patient, right? Getting all right. your stuff together. Oh, all your stuff. You know, you're getting your, you know, say you have a patient coming in, you're doing scaling root plan, you got to get your anesthetic all set up. You're like getting your cavachon. And now we have to be very concerned about our aerosol management getting our aerosols all set up. You know, it's a process. It's a huge, huge process. Absolutely. You know, I've just started using um, Isovac, the intraoral suction uh, to control aerosols. Oh my goodness. The studies are amazing. It shows that it like controls 99% of the aerosols. Really good stuff. Wow. That's really cool. And is it, how, is it pretty easy to use? Super easy to use. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, It's called Isovac, you said? Yeah. Isovac. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I think I've seen that before. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I've seen that before. That looks, uh, I haven't used it yet, but I'm really curious about learning a little bit more about that. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, what's number one. Okay. So number one is, I think it's pretty basic anatomy. You, you have to understand your anatomy and I'm not talking just nerves. I mean, we have to know where the nerves are and where they go and what structures they innervate. But even beyond that, like the skeletal anatomy of the, you know, the stuff in the skull that we're looking at, the roadblocks that we might encounter when we're giving an injection, the uh, places where we need to insert to avoid those roadblocks or be able to get to the correct foramen so that we can hit that nerve and understanding all the vasculature, all those different kinds of things are highly important when you're getting ready to give your injection. So all those things I learned way back in hygiene school from Harold Mariano and I tried to pay attention and it was really hard are actually important. Right. Yeah. That first term uh, or two of dental hygiene school. Yeah. They, they really does come back to haunt you and bite you in the, in the tuchus for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's number two? Well, of course, you know, you have to know the techniques and there are several different techniques out there, but you know, you have to understand which injection goes where and how to properly align your syringe, how to select the correct needle all of the different techniques that go along with it. So really taking a moment to review those techniques, looking at videos, taking a continuing education course on those techniques makes a huge difference. I've always thought it was interesting. Maybe it is in some states, but that you don't have to have, in Virginia, you don't have to have a specific continuing ed for local anesthesia, which I've always thought was interesting. It seems like that should be something that we have to brush up on at least once in a while. You know, I think that's interesting too. I, there are some states where, from my understanding, you know, I wish I could know all the rules and regulations of everybody, but I, I can't. But there yeah. are some states that do have a requirement for certain types of continuing education courses revolved around anesthesia. But I think that's more for the dentist level and not so much for the hygiene level. And we're just as important, man. Just as important and just as valuable. And we give amazing injections. The knowledge that we get is pretty, pretty phenomenal. I think I've heard, Dennis, close your ears if you're listening, but I think I've heard that hygienists get better injections than dentists. I have heard that several times, and I've heard it from doctors as well, and especially the doctors that have uh, worked with the hygiene students when they're learning it, and they see all of the practice and education that they get. They're like, oh my goodness, we didn't get that detail of education on this topic. So, Isn't that interesting? That's great. All right. Well, what's number three? Number three is your patient's health history. Wait, hang on. Hang on. We actually need to know like what medicines they're taking because (laughs) their body is actually connected to their mouth. Like they should answer those questions honestly. And I shouldn't find out that they had a stroke when the doctor comes in for the hygiene check. And you're like, nice. Thanks. Thanks for not mentioning that to me. Exactly. I mean, it's, you kind of go, duh, but a lot of times people don't think about 
the health history and like which also includes their vital signs and everything like that yeah those are important things so well because if there was a medical emergency god mm-hmm. forbid right the the ems team comes in and they're going to ask you some questions they're going to ask questions and most medical emergencies happen right after anesthesia and if you as a clinician, you don't know what your patient's health history is, some of their health conditions, what their blood pressure was at the very beginning prior to giving your injections, all of that, those details, uh, what kind of medications they could be taking that might've caused an interaction. we got to know that stuff to be able to share that information. And to be able to choose what kind of anesthetic you're going to use too, right? Oh, absolutely. There are some anesthetics that have a negative impact with medications. And I think we've all heard like Tagamet, for example, is a medication that uh, some people will take for GI issues that does not play nice with lidocaine. It does not work well. Yeah. So those are really important that we, um, I think sometimes as hygienists, we get super busy. I'm totally guilty. So I'm not diamond anybody out on this, right? But you're like, so any changes? No changes? Okay, good. Let's keep going. Yeah, for sure. And, and it, it's a, a flaw in our system, I guess, of like trying to schedule a certain amount of time for each procedure, but we still have to, that's a most important step that we can take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, cause that's, that's where you can get yourself into some trouble. Exactly. Exactly. That, and my fourth point follows along with that, which would be dosage, understanding the correct amount of anesthetic that your patient can handle. And you know, that falls in line with their health conditions. Certain health conditions require a different kind of dosage, especially if they have cardiac conditions. Like we really have to pay attention to those vasoconstrictors. You can't give them as much as we would normally give an, another individual. So we have to pay attention to that. And then of course our itty bitties, you know, our little ones, if we're giving anesthesia to our little ones, we have to really weigh them and get a, a true understanding of their weight. So that way we don't give them an overdose, which is a population that tends to get overdosed easily. Yeah. So should offices like actually have a legit scale in their office and have little people stepping on them? I mean, gosh, uh, I can't yeah. imagine trying to weigh an adult patient. <laughs> you know, I, I would encourage it for uh, your younger patients, especially if they're like under the age of 15 or for the elderly and frail. You know, I think we've all seen, especially like the elderly woman who is, you know, just as tiny as a little bird sometimes, you know, when they come in and you're like, you're scared to even touch them because you're scared they're going to like, you know, just they're going to break. break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those individuals, you know, even if they're cardiac healthy at that elderly age, we still have to pay attention to the dosage because that anesthetic is metabolized in like the liver and the kidneys. And they can only do so much when they are early developing or when they're in the final stages of their job. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's really something to think about and, and consider that that whole patient head to toe. I, sometimes we can get ourselves so focused on, like I said, the mouth and just getting our job done. Exactly. All right. So what's number five? So number five is just basic needle syringe safety. You know, making sure that you have a correct uh, uncapping and recapping process. And there are a gajillion different items on the market that you can use to help with that whole thing. But the main thing is, you know, keep the extra limbs out of the way. <laughs> you know, we, we aren't jousting here. You know, you're, you're working with an item that is penetrating one person's tissue, and we don't need to penetrate our own tissues after that. So really paying attention to the safety of that. Um, 
aspirating for sure, aspirating with your injections. We want to make sure we're not in a blood vessel. And that because if we are and we go to inject, that anesthetic is whoosh right into that bloodstream. And then you've got another issue on your hand of potential overdosing and those types of things. And then, of course, stabilization is another safety feature that we really need to pay attention to. You know, I don't know. I've lost count how many times I've had a patient um, as I'm giving the injection. You know, I'm right on target and hit that nerve zing and they jump. And of course, I jump, too. But thankfully, you know, if you've got good stabilization, everybody, the syringe, the patient and you are moving at the same time. I wish, guys, I wish you could see this Zoom right now. I wish you could see (laughs) Tina. Like she's bouncing up and down. You just, oh my gosh, we need to turn this one into a video. This is good. I'm sorry you can only hear this. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like the jump around, right? Everybody's like. (laughs) Exactly. Bouncing up and down now. We're doing the head bobs. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, heck, I mean, just when we're scaling, you know, having that good fulcrum is so important um, for that stabilization. So it makes perfect sense when you're sticking a needle into somebody that that we have that state. You're not just kind of freehanding it. Yeah. And definitely, uh, yeah, leave that other hand out of the recapping technique, no matter how awesome you think you are. No matter how awesome, no matter how steady you are, you never know if something's going to happen and, and, yeah. What if you have to, all of a sudden you have sneeze, right? When you go to recap your needle. Yeah. You just, you don't want to have an issue. So, you know, having even cotton corset pliers, which is actually, you know, I should have said that with that because having cotton pliers, because knock on wood, God forbid a needle breaks in your patient's mouth. You want to have something that you can retrieve that with. And, you know, locking forceps are the golden rule for obtaining that. So having something out where you can retrieve that is is huge. And that'll help you with your recapping as well. I have uh, broken an instrument tip in a patient's mouth before and was grateful to have some forceps nearby. So yeah, those are those are a handy tool. <laughs> Did you need the Isovac to clean up your own little piddle? After that? <laughs> yeah, I should have. <laughs> I, think I, I think I might have peed myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, all good hygienists wear a depends because you, know, you can't actually pee during the day. <laughs> no, so. we can't. Right. I was good. I was good. No it's potty right. breaks. <laughs> not, not, not. Well, this is awesome. Well, let's review your top five. So the top five things you need to know to hit your best shot are number one, the anatomy. Yes. That's mm-hmm. class and school was useful. Sorry, Dr. Mariano. <laughs> um, number two is injection techniques. Number three, health history. Super important. Number four, dosage goes right along with it. And number Mm -hmm. five, safety, because, you know, we're pretty good about the safety. I mean, I think studies have shown us we can do this. We just got to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there haven't been any incidences where, like, somebody's like, oh, my gosh, you know. Wait, hygienists haven't killed people? No. It's amazing. (laughs) We are safe people. Crazy. That's good to know. Well, Tina, if people want to reach out to you, maybe they want to find out more about, you know, your courses or things like that. How can they do that? There are three ways people can get in contact with me. There is my website, www.teachertinardh.com. And there's the information about the courses, but there's also a free anesthesia guide that I have for everybody. You can sign up for it and it'll come straight to your email box. So that's great. And then of course there is Facebook and Instagram. Both of those are teachertinardh. So Look for me there. You can contact me with my email or direct message me. And of course, go to the website and you can get that free guide. I love it. I'm totally going to follow you now. 
Well, everyone, we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five, or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 